Hey guys, welcome back. This is In The Zone episode 18. It would sure be nice to be on a beach right now, sipping some pina colada or Long Island iced tea, but that's what Pinello's doing. But me and Alino are grinding it out here in minus 20 weather. Still, it's minus 20 and it's March 7th. Also, two days ago was a big day. It was this guy's birthday right here. Celebrating the birthday, buddy. 24. Uh, that's I feel so old. But to start this awesome podcast without Anthony Pinello, we are going to talk about something that's been a big deal the last couple weeks, and that is the LA Lakers. They have looked god-awful. They've lost four straight games. What are your thoughts so far? on the Lakers this past couple me- couple weeks. LeBron, he said he activated the playoff mode, right? Yeah. Did he push the right button? I don't the know. Button? I don't, or maybe he uh, activated NBA Finals mode because he's losing all the time. <laughs> he's lost, what, four straight? So I don't know what's wrong with the Lakers, but it's so weird because this team before the season, Magic Johnson was praising. He's like, this is the year we're going to be like fourth or fifth, maybe go for a division. And Once it's playoff time, we're going to make some noise, but they haven't done that. And I even remember on ESPN, on first take, they were saying like 50 wins, this team should win this year. That has not happened. They're even lucky if they go 500 to finish the year. So it's really surprising. It's one of those things where, uh, so like Jalen Rose, Stephen A. Smith, all these guys before the season began, like, oh yeah, this team, you know, they got LeBron now. I could see them going in the postseason and even maybe going to the conference finals but ever since his groin injury, LeBron has not been the best player in the NBA. Like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can agree with me on that. It's either been Giannis or Davis who's taken over as that number one guy in the NBA. But again, I don't know. Lately, LeBron, I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if it's the team. He just doesn't look like he wants to be there. Did you see the other day? He made the ball roll yeah. and oh, then it man. went out of bounds. It's like... This guy looks like he just doesn't want to be there anymore. And, you know, yesterday was a big game for LeBron. He passed MJ in all-time in points. We saw he got emotional. He is human. You know, we we all have emotions. But, again, another thing that happened, like, that was similar to what happened with LeBron a couple months ago. Remember when he sat, you know, away from his teammates? Rajon Rondo yesterday sat in a courtside seat, not not even with the bench. So what are your thoughts on that? There's a lot of stuff going on now in that room. I think a lot of egos are coming into it. And with Rondo, he's on a one-year deal. So if he wants to find a new team, like this is not the best chance to show that kind of emotion because a lot of teams now are going to say, okay, he's playing with LeBron and they can't make it work. Why should we take a chance with him in the offseason? So he's putting himself in a bad situation there. Um, the Lakers just going forward, I think LeBron is hoping that the team go after Anthony Davis in the summer. But to do that, they're going to have to get rid of all their important young pieces like Lonzo, like Kuzma, like uh, uh, anywhere, like Brandon Ingram too has been playing like pretty good. So I don't know if their team would be well off with Davis in the lineup compared to what they have now. I think they're just better off trying to get him when he's a free agent and hope for the best. When I when I talk about Anthony Davis going to the Lakers, a lot of people say it's a possibility and like it's basically a foregone conclusion that he's going there. But like over the last couple games, like I don't know if like Davis wants to really step into this dumpster fire right now. Like this is 
Like when I talk about like an organization that's basically crumbling, like when you look like with your very own eyes, this is what we're looking at. The Lakers are crumbling right now. LeBron can say what he wants about, you know, um, I want Davis. I want certain players. I, he could try and be the coach as much as he can. Like we saw last year in Cleveland, he was basically the coach. But Luke Walton is just not the coach for this team. And I've heard a lot of people saying he's not lasting. And I would not be surprised if he gets fired after this year. Um, a lot of people are saying LeBron's a cancer in the room now. They're saying that the expectations are bumped up a lot when he's uh, on that team. Even the thing with Rondo, to me, man, I don't know what it is. I think that's very disrespectful. Like, if I'm a pro, I'm going to sit with my team through thick yeah. and thin. I'm not going to go sit courtside just because we're losing. And mind you, yes, Denver is second in the West. They're not a bad team. So, like, again, like, I get where the frustration is coming from. You lost to the L.A. Clippers. That's huge. That's like the Leafs losing to Montreal. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's a feud that's been growing. We saw what Pat Beverly was doing with LeBron that game, just getting under his skin. Kind of like what Lance Stevenson did a couple years ago. Like, even, but when you lose to Phoenix, you lose to the Suns, I have no idea. When I saw that, and they lost by 11 points, it wasn't a close game. Kelly Oubre dominated LeBron that game. That was the game I think Kuzma pushed LeBron to play defense. So, LeBron, Kuzma, all these guys, their egos are hitting. And I said before in the other podcast, if this starts happening with Golden State, like we saw earlier on in the year, remember when they lost? I think it was like three out of the last yeah, five or something like that. I would love to see that. I would love to see Golden State lose to a team like Denver. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But like, look what's happened with the Lakers, man. They're just so bad. And does this tarnish LeBron's legacy if they don't make the playoffs this year? I think so. Yeah. Because he comes in with all this hype that. Oh, everything he touches turns to gold. Every franchise he goes to, like with Cleveland, he goes back there. Immediately, they're contenders because of his presence on the team. Um, this team, though, I think Lonzo Ball, his absence is showing how important he is to this team. Because when he's not in the lineup, they don't have like a guy like him. Good two-way player, good creative player. He doesn't really need to score all those points because he can just give the ball to LeBron. He can drive to the basket. I think they shouldn't trade him. If they're going to go in the offseason going after Anthony Davis, I think Lonzo Ball should be the untouchable of his team. And then uh, going forward, this is really bad for LeBron's legacy. I feel like we were talking about it like maybe two, three weeks ago when the trade deadline was coming up and, you know, the big move for Davis was happening. Looking back at it now, if you traded Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, all of those players for Davis, like who would be their point guard? Because Rondo, to me, at the beginning of the year, yes, they were both. It's like, oh, who's going to be the starter? Is it going to be Rondo or is it going to be Lonzo? Like, we, we still don't really know. But as the season has kind of gone on and I've seen both of their roles and how they've, you know, um, gotten chemistry with the team. Lonzo, for me, is the for sure starter when he's healthy. He's just a way better, pa- maybe not a better passer, but his IQ is among one of the best in the game. And clearly with the statistics, it shows that Lonzo is definitely a big part of the Lakers and their success. Without Lonzo, they're 10 and 24 and with them, they're 20 and 14 this year. So that is uh, that's saying something. But again, going back to LeBron's legacy, I agree. A lot of people could say, oh, LeBron's the best. Yes, this is his 16th year in the league. You know, he's 34 now. Um, But 
everybody says all the time that every time LeBron plays for a team, it goes to gold. Like we saw last year with the Cavs, their team was awful and they went to the finals. I mean, if they're not making the playoffs and I think the Lakers, this team, I think is way better than the Cavs last oh, year. Yeah, I think so too. So <laughs> I don't, weird. so I don't know what's happened with LeBron. I know he got injured. I guess he doesn't have that extra step that he used to have. I think though, it's all the egos kind of finally coming together Kuzma wants more touches. Ingram's actually been playing amazing the last two months. No one's really been talking about him because he's just, I don't know if you saw like maybe two games ago, LeBron walked off the court and Ingram was the only guy that stood there and gave everyone like a high five. LeBron could learn some leadership skills from Ingram right there. To me, I don't know. For the Lakers, their downfall is their egos. And I think if this is what we're going to see from now on with super teams and trying to emerge super teams. I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State come playoff time, they crumble. I think LeBron's uh, method acting is coming because you've got Space Jam filming in the summer. And part of that plot is their talents get taken. So maybe they already got LeBron's talent already and they're waiting for someone to get it back. (laughs) Okay, last question for the Lakers. They're now in 11th in the West. Do you try and tank from this point on? Do they still have their pick though this year? They do. They have, they have their pick. They have their pick, but there's only six out. And knowing LeBron, like I think he could still possibly do it. I think he'll pull. Like they'll say, "Oh yeah, he's injured." Meanwhile, that's just a way of saying we're gonna tank. I don't know. Can you imagine them getting Zion Williamson on this team? That, that's what I mean. Like if you, the position they're in right now, they're maybe in like eighth last, maybe seventh last. If you start losing a little more, you could get a top five pick. You could even maybe win the lottery. If they win the lottery, that's flat will. out rigged. I that's rigged. Because Lakers go in, LeBron, hey, Adam Silver, what's going on? <laughs> How are the kids? And then Magic Johnson will come LeBron in. LeBron comes in, dabs up Adam Silver. Want, hey, uh, you know who I am, right? Space Jam too, right? Adam Silver, yeah, my best friend. And they get their lottery pick. It's like, what a perfect Space Jam <laughs> 3 if you had me and Zion on the same team. Like... <laughs> No, but what I could see happening is they, yeah, like what you said, they'll like basically post in a post conference. They'll be like, oh, uh, or a press conference. They'll be like, yeah, LeBron is injured. We're going to sit him the rest of the season. And then they keep taking and taking and taking. And with that, they could either get Cam Radish, they could get RJ Barrett, Barrett or they can get Zion Williamson, one of the Duke guys. And that would not be fair. But for me, this, this has been one of the most like, terrible turnarounds of a team i've seen in a while like beginning of the year i thought they'd be a top five team yeah. they look pretty good yeah, i thought so too and then all of a sudden like they just fell off completely like i don't know what happened the egos balls injury just as well the trade deadline thing yeah i'm sorry you could be on any franchise if you're telling me you're gonna have a press conference or a game before and literally the coach is going to be like, yeah, everyone's available via trade. Like, how do you think that makes you feel? You're a part of that team. It's like, yeah, you know, guys, uh, the trade deadline is like two days away. We're, like any of you are assets come the trade deadline. Like, what are your you're thoughts of that? Like, you're all like, is. like, do you really want to play for a franchise that's just like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're tradable, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I, like still, like if that Davis trade went through. Like, I have no idea what their bench would look like, and I have no idea what their starting five would look like. I think it would be all 10-day contracts. Yeah, honestly. Carmelo Anthony and uh, probably either Caldwell Pope. 
maybe Rondo. Josh Hart. I haven't yeah. heard his name in like a month. Just That'd be awful. weird because the whole team for one guy. Like, how do you even make that cap? Like, the New Orleans would have to trade somebody for cap retention or something, but their team wouldn't even be as good, I don't think. Oh, my God. Well, anyways, that's it for the Lakers. Again, congrats to LeBron for passing MJ points all round, all time. He's not better than MJ, don't think, but we'll see what his legacy brings come next season because this year it's not really doing anything for him. But now we're going to go into the pond. We're going to talk about the Leafs quickly. And the one thing that I want to bring up before we talk about basically injuries and fatigue is kind of showing a bit with the Leafs. I want to talk about last Thursday's game in New York. What happened, Alino? Just kind of take us through that that yeah. train ride. So before, there was a video online. I don't know if it was a fan who made or was it the team, but... It was like all fans in front of Nassau Coliseum making fun of Tavares, saying about his pajamas. Meanwhile, it was not his pajamas. It was a comforter on his bed. There's a big difference. Yep. Uh, they were talking about how Tavares quit on the team, and they were talking about he left us. He's a traitor. I don't understand it because Tavares was there for nine years, and he was one of the guys that like committed himself and re-signed. Then the team, I think, let him down because their best acquisitions were Grabowski and Kuhlman. <laughs> he signed them to the huge deals that they had no business earning. And then he was playing with Matt Molson, carrying him on for like three years. Oh, yeah, Matt Molson. So I don't get what their whole situation with Tavares is. Like, they expect him to sign after all that, that train wreck of a management group. The one thing that I want to talk about with this game was the game itself and the fans and how they reacted. I get it. You're supposed to be the franchise guy. You're supposed to stay there for your whole career. This guy was loyal to them for eight seasons. He was New York. When I look back, like 2011, 2012, 2013, the Islanders was just John Tavares. There was nobody else with him. Matt Molson was a 35-goal scorer because of John Tavares. Mikhail Grabowski was a decent player after playing with Toronto because of John Tavares. Nikolai Kuleman, also before shipping to the KHL, was not bad because of John Tavares. There were so many players that were good in New York because of John Tavares. Jack Capuano, another guy, he had a lot of success. Yes, he had good coaching methods, but John Tavares carried the Islanders to, I think, three playoff appearances. No, they didn't go anywhere. They faced Pittsburgh, I think, for all of them. And Pittsburgh, we all know, won the Cup. But John Tavares did a lot for this organization. And the fact that, yes, he did leave for nothing. He signed free agency. Did he really warn the Islanders? Not really. But again, that was expected. Look at what the Islanders have, like last season, and look at what the Leafs have. You could kind of, you know, it's not balanced. Also, it is John Tavares' hometown. So John Tavares is going to go, obviously, to his home. And we definitely have more pieces that are intriguing. We have Matthews, we have Marner, we have Nylander, we have Marlowe, we have Anderson, Riley, Gardner, all these guys. Well, the Islanders have Matthew Barzell, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Del Cole. Just kidding. He sucks. (laughs) Jordan Everly. Their defense, I don't know who are their defense. Nick Letty, he sucks. Pulak, okay. Boy, Chuck is like... They're lu- I'm sorry, they're lucky they got Robin Leonard this year. He's been yeah. one of the best goalies in the league. They got who? They had Halak and Grice last year, Grease. Yeah, and Halak's gone. 
and now Halak's gone to Buffalo or to Boston. So you have to look and you have to compare the teams. And if you're if you're John Tavares, Islander fans out there, you would do the exact same thing. So throwing the jerseys at him, throwing snakes on the ice, doing all that crap to me is just extra shit. Yeah. There's one thing where you could voice your frustration. Maybe go on Twitter and say, "Oh, you know, John Tavares." Like you could say it all on social media. That's what social media. It's a me. It's a social media platform to put your opinions out in the universe. I tweet some shit. I've done it. I'm pretty sure you've done yeah. it. We've all voiced our opinions. But going out public, publicly to a game and throwing and burning jerseys and throwing snakes on the ice, to me, is completely disrespectful not only to John Tavares, but to the workers at the, at the Coliseum that work there. And you're just embarrassing yourself. Yeah. Like my cousin Steve was here Sunday at my house, and he said that there were these guys, these Leaf fans at the game – and they basically left because they were literally scared for their lives because they were there. They were, apparently they were sitting beside two drunk Islander fans. Oh, that's and they were like physical, not physical. Well, they were being very like upfront yeah. and sa- it was just it was just they were being savages. They didn't give a shit. But the thing that sucked about this game was the Leafs got killed. They lost six yeah. one. Hyman got or wait did Tavares no Hyman got the first goal. Tavares assisted it. The fans were kind of quiet, and then after that. It was just a disaster. Six straight goals. To me, Garrett Sparks looked awful in this game. Um, the Leafs didn't even play that bad. They had their chances. But again, John Tavares, it, w- it was all about him, this one. And um, to me, the fans were very disrespectful. I actually can't remember a fan base that was this toxic about a player returning. Can you? No, Maybe no. LeBron going back to Cleveland the first can, time? Because even when he went back, there was like... It was toned down a little bit just for the introductions, but that was early in the year. This was like this is February. <laughs> he signed in July. Like, what are they? I don't understand. And with the Islanders, they're not the model franchise either. Tavares looked at this team. They moved to Brooklyn, New York. No one cares <laughs> about hockey in Brooklyn. And he stayed with the team. He didn't say, "Okay, I want to get traded now." Their arena. They had a car in the arena, like it was a Spangler Cup. Like, how are you supposed to like? realistically look at this team and say this is going this team's going places i want to stay and committed to that like where are you going to go with that team that exactly like that's what i'm trying to get at you look at toronto and the pieces we have and then you look at the islanders and the pieces they have and it's like i'm weighing my options i'm going home yeah like i'm going home even san jose was an option you look at their they got eric carlson they had burns yeah, couture so, like, so many go there either like you're gonna go with the islanders over that when they could make it work for you the only intriguing piece with the Islanders is Matthew Barzell. If yeah. I'm John Tavares, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm 28. When I'm maybe 31, Barzell could finally, you know, jump me as the number one center and I can kind of take a limited secondary center role. But he's going to Toronto and he's on the first line. He's playing with one of the best playmakers this organization has ever seen in Mitch Marner. He's playing with Zach Hyman. He's playing on the power play with Austin Matthews, feeding it to Riley. Like this guy's playing with players that are – way better than guys on the Islanders. No disrespect to guys like Anders Lee and Josh ba- Bailey had a great year last year. Um, even guys like Philpula and, and Brock Nelson, they're not bad players, but they're not Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner. So when you look at it, if you're in John Tavares' shoes, you're going to Toronto. You're going home, and that was the right move for him. Was the money worth it? Was Were the Islanders going to make an $11 million offer? I'm pretty sure they made a $12 million offer. 
But John Tavares looked at it and he said, I think this move is best for my future. I think it's best for me as a person. And like you said, they moved to Brooklyn. And who the fuck watches hockey in Brooklyn? Nobody. Like, again, like you said, there's a fucking car in the arena. It's like, oh, guys, uh, by the way, our uh, – our, what was it? Our um, – our venue, we maybe have 20,000, whereas the ACC has about 37,000. And the Brooklyn Arena doesn't even fill the seats. Do you remember Nazo Coliseum? Like the last year it was oh, there? Yeah. They were having standing ovations every other night because it was the last year and it was so memorable. First year they go to Brooklyn, I don't think they sold out a game. They tarped off the whole top of Tar- the arena. Like they tarped it off. And the Islanders last year were unreal. Yeah. Barzell coming in, winning Calder. Bailey had a career year. Tavares came back to form. Anders Lee was on pace for 50 goals at one point last year. That was crazy. So, like, Brooklyn didn't deserve that last year. Brooklyn doesn't deserve it this year. How the hell are the Islanders in second in the Metro? That is the one, like, that's the one thing also that pissed me off with Islander fans. Like, oh, we don't need John Tavares. We've had him here for eight years. We went nowhere. We have bars out and we're now in second in the Metro. You know, we're, we're stunning. We're, you know, we're doing well. It's like, man, you face the Penguins every year in the playoffs. Yeah, sure. uh, John Tavares' winger was Kuhleman and, I don't know, Anders Lee and... Andrew Ladd for the playoffs. That's not going to do it. That's not going to cut it against Malkin and Crosby. And you're having Crosby turn guys like Derek or Dominic Simon and Jake Gunsel and Zach Aston Reese into superstars. Remember back in 09? No one knew who Pascal Dupuis was. This guy comes in, plays with Sidney Crosby <laughs> over a point a game. So if I'm John Tavares and I'm reacting to how the fans reacted to me, I hate, I'm going to be hating the Islanders. Yeah. Like, I poured my heart and soul for eight years with this organization, and I come back for a homecoming, and I literally get sh- – did they even have a tribute video? Yeah, they did, but everyone booed after that. And then it's so weird, too, because Islander fans are ignoring this. Everybody wants to play them in the first round. Like, there's teams in the wild card spot that are trying to angle their way just so they can play them instead of Tampa – like, if Columbus versus the Islanders in the first round, I would go with Columbus. I would bet money on Columbus just running over them. I don't see the Islanders being, like, a realistic threat, even though they're second place. The right thing now. with me is that I used to love Islanders fans. I used to love the franchise. I thought there was nothing wrong with them. But now looking at it, it's like, wow, the animosity is, like, insane. Like, I don't get why you're so pent up about it. Like yeah. you said, he signed in July. It's February. Yeah. Like, I thought you would have cool. And your team is doing well. Why would you be booing them so much? And he was there for nine years. So, and you resigned. It's not like he came off his entry level deal, like a Connor McDavid. Like, let's say someone like that comes off his entry level deal and demands a trade. Then I would understand. Go do that. Go go throw snakes, whatever, on the ice, waffles. Like, like, like okay, <laughs> if, if the Islanders were in like dead last or yeah. like set, like if they were in Ottawa's shoes, then I'd be burning my jersey and throwing snakes and all that. But, your team is in second. You're in a playoff spot. You're in a pretty favorable matchup right now against Washington. But again, I, I think Washington would beat them. But you would have home ice. Yeah. You're living life, right? You have Robin Leonard right now. You have Barzell. You have uh, Pulak's been playing well. So they're they're playing well. But again, the animosity for me was just too much for me to handle. I was very uh, disappointed with the, their fan base and 
It's funny because I want to talk about the game after that, the Saturday when the Leafs took on Buffalo. They won 5-2. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Steve was joking about this on Twitter. He's like, oh, it would be nice if the Leafs gave John Tavares a standing O uh, Saturday's home <laughs> game against that. Buffalo. And it actually happened. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the standing O? Because I went to Twitter and everybody was bashing our organization. Yeah. Like, oh, look at the Leafs sucking up to John Tavares. <laughs> like, oh, my God. But it's like – they even have them like they have them for seven years anyways. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they did a standing ovation and left them at center ice and then everyone's like clapping and then on Twitter like, oh, see this sort of standing ovation is like, I think that was more of the Leafs giving the middle finger to the Islander fans and the Islanders organization and Lou Lamarillo <laughs> saying this is what you do when a past like player should come back and receive. But I didn't see a problem with it. Like, it was okay. I didn't go overboard with it and show tribute videos. So oh, my God. Just a standing ovation. It was fine the way it was. Because I, I, I looked at that, and I'm like, this gave me Matt Sundin-like vibes. Yeah. Like, this guy's coming out here. He's been with our franchise for 12 years. He has a stick in the air, clapping. Like, it's like, wait, John Tavares hasn't even been here a year yet. And this guy's getting standing O's and treatment like this. But, again, it was for the Islanders fans. Flip the bird to them. Just very disrespectful what they did, and our franchise is more respectful than theirs. So we did that. I thought it was the right thing to do. The other thing I want to talk about quickly is the Leafs' offense lately. We have averaged, I think, four goals the last six games in a row, other than yesterday's loss to Vancouver. Um, But yesterday we saw, at least I saw, fatigue in our team. I thought that Matthews looked tired. I thought William Nylander looked tired. I thought Kapanen looked tired. Going forward, would you rest some of these guys knowing that we're in a postseason spot? Or would you want to fight and jump Boston for that home ice advantage? I think right now, um, it's tough because Matthews was injured for a while. I would maybe rest occasionally Tavares one odd game and then have Matthews play the first line role and play more minutes to get him more into it. But it's weird with this team because their offense hasn't really been the problem compared to their defense. Like, their defense, if they can just tighten up a little bit more, they would have so much more success. Like, Vancouver, I think their schedule is a little weird, though, because they went from Calgary to Vancouver, and then they're going to go to Edmonton. Like, it's all in, like, a circle, when they should just be going around. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah like, like Calgary, Edmonton, yeah. and Vancouver. Like, the close proximity of it. Like, yeah, yeah. they shouldn't go all the way around in a loop, and then you're going back and forth. I think that plays a role, but... Right now, I think Tavares, they should just rest a little bit. Riley, even though their defense is horrible, I would rest Riley a little bit because he plays like so many minutes. And I think come playoff time, you're going to need Riley the most out of everyone on defense. So quickly, I want to talk about their schedule. They take on Edmonton next, and then they have a homestand. They take on the, the Lightning, the Blackhawks, and the Flyers. So... If that Monday game against Tampa is any indication what we're going to maybe even see come playoff time, do you want to face Tampa Bay? I think if you want to win, like go and win the cup, you're going to have to eventually play Tampa Bay. That's the only problem with that. The thing with Tampa Bay is I've always seen them as a beatable opponent. Yeah, and they have good success against them this year too. And they've beaten them. But they only have 12 losses all year. And it's like... You're really going to tell me after how well they're doing this year, they're 51, 12, and 4 or something. You're really going to go into the playoffs and you're going to say, yeah, we could beat Tampa Bay in in a seven-game series. You're telling me you're going to beat them four times in seven games after after losing 12 in like 60-something? So 
maybe it's the biased Leaf fan in me saying that we can beat Tampa Bay, but I don't know. I'm going to have to kind of revisit that that well, opinion. What if the Leafs start tanking a little bit and then they play the Islanders in the first round? See, that's what I <laughs> wanted to say, but I didn't want like Leaf fans coming at us saying, no, don't tank at all. Like, just face Boston. they got and, a good cushion of points, but just ex- imagine that first round. Tavares goes back. Like, oh, remember that tribute video you guys gave and you guys were booing me out the building? I'm going to sweep you guys in four. And just every game he turns it on, gets a hat trick one night. Oh, my God. I just would Just imagine. That. They would have to probably like tarp off the thing when he goes back to the dressing room. <laughs> it's all good. And that would be... I think that would be uh, karma, perfect karma for the Islanders. I think when you look at the NHL storyline standpoint, that would be the best playoff series this year. I don't care about any other playoff series. I would circle every game, Leafs, Islanders, especially the first two games, if it's in New York. I just want to see how that atmosphere is and how John Tavares reacts. And if we were to sweep the Islanders... Let's just say I would be the first to take the Twitter yeah, and I would same. bash the I would bash them. I'd be like, oh yeah, it was nice disrespecting John Tavares, but how does uh how does that broomstick taste? Like something and then like have that. A tribute video for Tavares when he comes back in Toronto, just showing highlights of that whole series. Yeah, I'd be like, oh Tavares scores! Game four, it's over. I could see him just smiling too. Yeah. Like remember against Montreal. When he was chirping, oh, yeah, he was just good. like uh, – I, I loved it. That was awesome. We need more of that too. I think that NHL players are too like reserved. Like they're so afraid of Don Cherry to saying, oh, look at this guy. Like Don Cherry comes out looking like a coach. He has like all these suits all the time. <laughs> He's the one that shouldn't be talking. Like I think NHL players need to like start putting entertainment in the game. Every other league's done it. They need to you know, add some entertainment. Do you remember the old um, Winter Classic series? When they used to be mic'd up yeah, and the so shit they Porterella, used to say. That was crazy. Like, they should go back to that. Like, now it's like, oh, shut your mouth. Oh, stay humble. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, like, just be yourself, yeah. man. Just go out there and be like, oh, fuck off. You suck. <laughs> like, the best guy when he's mic'd up is Drew Doughty. Oh, he yeah. kills me. <laughs> he's hilarious. Like, a fourth liner will skate by him. He's like, who are you? Shouldn't even be in the league. Who are you? I don't know who you are. Do you know who I am? I'm Drew Doughty. I'm a Norris winner. Like, it's, <laughs> he's just a savage. <laughs> But yeah, uh, like I just hope the Leafs um, come playoff time or at least, you know, the road to the playoffs. I hope they do rest some guys on some nights. I know that the fan base will probably be like, oh, why are you resting them? Every every matchup counts. Every point counts at this point. When you look at it, though, it kind of doesn't. I mean, Montreal lately, they're at 72 points. We're at 79 now. We have seven points on Montreal. I think that's a big enough cushion to kind of say, Okay, Matthews, you want to sit a game? You could sit a game. Tavares, you want to sit a game? Marner, any of, even like you said, Riley, sit a game? You could sit a game. We also signed Borgman to one year. You could call him up for maybe five, six games. Marinson, we all know Kyle Dubas loves him. He could play a couple games too. Um, but I would love to see the Leafs tank and face the Islanders just I a think, little bit. Yeah, that would be perfect. And like even. In the playoffs, we saw in the past, remember that LA Kings? That year they went and beat Vancouver, then they went to the final beat uh, Jersey, I think it was. That was a weird playoffs. Place too. They like, beat the Arizona Coyotes in the oh, conference finals. Mike Smith, yeah. Shane Doan. That. So like that proves that the playoffs, when it comes playoff time, the schedule from the regular season, like what you accomplish then, doesn't really matter. Because Vancouver, all those years, they won President's Trophies, and Washington even won a lot of them. They were out in the second round all the time. So I think it's best just to, like, pick your opponent, like, manage your team right now, make sure everyone's healthy, relax in the playoff time, and then that's a whole nother season right there. One thing I want to talk about before we go to the ring is 
the West is a fun playoff race right now. Right now it's Dallas and Minnesota in it. And looking outside, take this and looking outside, Phoenix and Colorado are the top teams that are trying to get in the playoffs. Phoenix, or sorry, I say Phoenix. Arizona has won seven straight games. They're now two points out of a playoff spot. Out of all those teams, who do you think will make it? I'm still going to go with Colorado. Still got to go with Colorado. They're so consistent with, like, McKinnon, who's been unbelievable again. Rantanen has been amazing. Arizona, I just don't – they're not there yet. They're going to get there, but not yet. I think they're still another year away from that spot. Minnesota, for me, I don't want to see them make it. They're boring. They are. Like, I just – like, I love Dubnik. I love Parise. I'm actually one of – I'm a big fan of Parise. You could even ask Pags. But – I, I don't know. I'm just bored of Minnesota. Like, and if they face like Nashville in the first round, or Winnipeg, like that's not a series that I want to see. And does Minnesota even realistically have a shot? Like, we we're no. just talking about eight seeds, but Minnesota, they Dylan don't have a Boudreaux, shot. Wasn't he known as like an offensive coach? He was. I don't even know what happened to that. Like, this team doesn't just like they traded Granlin for Fiala. Yeah, like, what that you... was a weird move. So uh, again, like. Color, if we're talking about eighth seeds, I could take on first seeds like we saw with L.A. a couple years ago. I could see Colorado maybe yeah. beating out Nashville in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised. McKinnon can carry that team. But for me, the West, the playoff race, is really fun to watch. And, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be really fun to see if Arizona could jump like Dallas. That'd be hilarious because be even St. Louis – they went from being almost last to now third in, in their division, and then I'm pretty sure they have a playoff spot locked up. Bennington's been the Hamburglar all Just over. Keep Jake Allen out of the net. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put him in. And you already know my thoughts yeah. on Jake Allen. <laughs> <laughs> just go back to episode 15 and just listen to me uh, banter and rant, rant about him. But now we're going to go to the ring. And to start off, we got some bad, bad news about Tommaso Ciampa. Neck injury. Vince McMahon, being the guy that he is, trying to force... Did you hear what happened? He was trying to force him to wrestle till WrestleMania in the state that he was in. And apparently it made it worse. And now Tommaso Ciampa, quote-unquote, from Michael Hayes, saying he's out a long, long time. What are your thoughts on that? That's just so... He finally got called up to the main roster. He was such a great heel in NXT. It's unfortunate. And... A long, long time, I think, for a neck to not take bumps. That's a big – a neck injury is really serious for WWE guys especially. I don't see him back until Royal Rumble, maybe even WrestleMania next year. That's a tough injury. For me, the biggest question is what happens now with the NXT, like the the whole brand? Because we saw Tommaso Ciampa was carrying that brand for a year, and now there's no NXT champion. Who do you think is the next in line for it? Adam Cole? Yeah, has to be on Because I would have said Velveteen Dream, but he won the North American title. Is he heel now, by the way? Yeah, that's what I'm not sure. It's I think he's in between. Like, because I know, he gets cheered a lot. I know Matt Riddle came out on Wednesday, and he got a huge pop. Yeah. And Velveteen's like, oh, well, like, focus on me. Like, I'm the NXT champ. I think champ. you're trying to like push him back into a heel. But they, they can't get into that big show routine where he goes to the face heels and flip-flops. Yeah, no, you can't do that. So I don't know, man. Like... When I think of NXT now, and there's no Garg- there's no Champa, it's very limited. Like for the main event, like you have Riddle. A lot of people are saying give Ono a run with the belt, nah. but nah, you I'm can't. You can't now. So not Ono. 
Adam Cole is probably the best option. If not Adam Cole, I would maybe give a run already with Matt Riddle. I'd maybe yeah. go all in with him already. King but pros. But I, I don't know, man. It's tough. They're, like Tommaso Ciampa, love him, love what he's done. It puts NXT in a tough spot. Now Triple H has to basically discuss with creative who he thinks the best fit is. I mean, seen as the Undisputed Era have not been called up yet. I thought they would have been called up yeah. already, but they're not. So what better way to boost Adam Cole's credibility? He's already – I think he's going to be a main event star. Yeah. But, again, you never really know with NXT going to WWE. We've seen – UC3 is another. <laughs> so we've seen guys where they they look like they're on top of the world and then they come to the main roster and they're nothing. So – I think Adam Cole needs the NXT title. I think that's something that will boost him, and a lot of fans will be like, oh, shit, this guy went from North American champion, tag team champion. He's the Undisputed Era's leader, and now he's the NXT champion. This guy is looking like a main event guy. What better way to build up Adam Cole than to win the NXT title? Yeah, and then Adam Cole's there. I think they're going to put Pete Dunne there. Like Pete, Eventually. Yeah, he'll be because that superstar international shakeup. They're going to maybe – Make some guys go to the UK and then some of the UK guys go to NXT. Um, Adam Cole, though, like, see, there's another guy because they could have brought him up as a stable instead of bringing up Ricochet, EC3, and not have anything to do with them. You could have Ricochet, EC3 for the world title and then the Undisputed Era make their debut. I thought it would have been a lot better and it would have spread things out a bit. But now with the NXT guys coming up so quickly, you got to find room for everyone on the roster, and that's putting them in a weird uh, situation. When you look back two or three weeks ago when they debuted, and I didn't know he had this neck problem. I had no yeah, idea, maybe. no idea. So you're looking at it now, and that's probably one of the worst timing debuts I've ever seen. Like, not only was the crowd awful and no one gave a shit, but now this guy's going to be out a year, and he was NXT champion, and Triple H was flat out relying on him the last year and even the, the present be yeah. to carry NXT and now they don't have his champion so I want to see what NXT becomes in the next year because Tommaso Ciampa to me was their MVP for the last year a lot of people could say it was Andrade a lot of people could say it was Gargano Ricochet Adam Cole Lars Sullivan there are a lot of names there but without Tommaso Ciampa NXT is struggling but again, we have to wait and see what happens. Another thing I want to talk about, Ricochet and Aleister Black being a team. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I get how the themes are kind of similar and you can kind of work with their entrances. But like, why are they a tag team? They're both single stars. If anything, I would have had Ricochet face Finn Balor at Mania. Yeah. If, if it's not rumored or if it's not happening, I will be very upset because i want to see ricochet and finn i want to see a fee- i want to see a heel finn balor we haven't seen it since new japan and i want to see it and again alistair black i love him but tag team wrestling is not in his arsenal it's just not so i don't know where they're going with this i know at Fastlane they're in the tag team title match with the revival and rooting gable they better not take the pinfall that's all i'm gonna say because i think the revival needs the win but Black and, Ricoch- Black and Ricochet should not be in tag team hunt. That's yeah, just my they opinion. They should be separate. Like, when you see them, they're not really important as a tag team. And these guys are, like, played important roles in NXT. You could have Aleister Black. He's got this great entrance. The crowd's on his side. Bring him up as a single star. Ricochet got all the crowd, all the maneuvers that he does. These flips, these crazy moves. Build him up as a single star. And you got these guys that can legitimize, like, the Intercontinental title, U.S. title. But... 
I don't know, as a tag team, it kind of devalues them a little bit in their storyline. If they're just desperately throwing these two together to get the star power up in the tag division, this isn't 2011. You can't be doing that anymore. You have to actually legitimately have tag teams because tag team wrestling is starting to become more vital today again. And like the Revival, I appreciate what they do. I appreciate tag team wrestling. And just, you got to take a book from SmackDown. SmackDown Live has the best tag teams. They have the Usos, the New Day. Sanity was incredible. Heavy Machinery is there. The Hardy Boys are looking like they're back in 2002 mode. So, like, they got to look at SmackDown and be like, that's tag team wrestling. You can't just be throwing guys like Black and Ricochet together to get the viewership, to get the unpredictability in the match, because we all know that the Revival are going to retain. I'm sorry. And Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, they got to split up that tag team. Like, it's not doing anything for Bobby Roode's career. Or Gable. Yeah, they got to turn him heel. Or The only tag team I want Bobby Roode in is with James Storm or Eric Young. Yeah, buddy. If they're not going to bring that guy in, or if they're not going to put Eric Young on Raw and get him out of sanity and have him with Bobby Roode, there's no, like, interest in him. He's in his 40s. He doesn't need to be in a tag team mode anymore. The next thing I want to talk about quickly is Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night and Tuesday Night SmackDown. We'll talk basically about the quick, you know, the quick results. I want to talk about though on Monday we saw two big changes. We saw Dean Ambrose and the Shield reunion again. I think it's too soon, and we saw finally Ronda Rousey turn heel. What are your thoughts on both of those? events yeah i think with the shield thing they're capitalizing on roman being back and i don't know with seth rollins i think they're maybe trying to make him look strong too by having roman with them but i don't know dean ambrose he looks like he's out the door if he doesn't re-sign so they're just making as much money and investment in that while they can and ronda rousey oh my god they finally <laughs> it was so it was getting really cringy just watching her cut promos and like, saying like everything oh the best athlete in the world every ground i step on is mine like oh my whoever's writing that just give her a manager to talk for her because <laughs> she's using big <laughs> words in between and like you don't have to do that you don't have to like read a book and a poem just <laughs> say your piece go home everyone will get it you look at her with that face like you want to kill her it's believable you don't have to do anything like the best was uh the last couple weeks and becky's coming out there and we all know she's the baby face and ronda rousey is still a baby face and it's like rousey what what are you what are you doing you're you're saying how good she is but then you bash her on twitter and then you say you're still for the people you work yourself into a shoot you're too emotional like so when she turned heel and she's like screw the man and damn the woo and all this shit and i'm like god like you you're too emotional like you're too into it just let it be natural like you're playing a character it's a work like Like she doesn't she doesn't understand when people boo you it's not because like they genuinely hate you it's they hate like your character it's part of the storyline that (laughs) you're telling to the fans they're not hating you as a person maybe they do i don't know like but like you can't you can't take it to heart like like apparently she's going backstage and like crying to natalia and shit so like (laughs) i don't know what's going on but Becky Lynch is definitely the number one star in WWE right now. And just seeing Ronda Rousey turn heel to me, 
I know it was supposed to come to, come off as serious and as she's the women's champion and, oh, I vacated the title. I have it back. It's mine. I'm the best. I'm the best she athlete. Only gave her a week, though, to decide. Like, oh, I only left it in the ring because I was giving you a week to decide. So you should have took the title home with you. Yeah. You, like, And then I love when Steph came out with the title. And it's like, oh, your new champ is Steph McMahon going into Mania. What a typical Vince McMahon thing to do. You throw us Kevin Owens. Now you throw us Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon is the new champ. <laughs> Says something like that. But yeah, Ronda Rousey comes out. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm the champ, all this shit. And then I'm like, okay, so now what the fuck is Charlotte? Is Charlotte a heel? Is Charlotte a tweener? Is Charlotte just there to take the pinfall or the tap out? Like, I don't understand, man. Like, is Ronda Rousey going to be there the night yeah. after WrestleMania? No, oh, actually, yeah, the night – you know what? As I think about it, the night after WrestleMania would make sense for Shayna Baszler to get called up. Yeah, that would make sense. And then sense. maybe they team up. But I don't see Ronda sticking around after WrestleMania for a bit. And then maybe she comes back in time for SummerSlam. But the first month or two after Mania, this is going to be a way to like write her off. But it's going to be weird how they um, plan that match. Does Ronda beat uh, – or does Becky beat Ronda or does Becky beat Charlotte? I think Becky beats Charlotte. I think that's how they're going to – I think protector. they're going to – I think – well, I don't know, because Ronda's a heel now, so maybe they'll have the heel tap out, and then she could fuck off for a couple months and then come back. But I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Ronda's too protected to like yeah. tap out. I can't see her tapping out, especially after what she said, how the armbar's fake and shit. And oh, it's man. like, and she comes out with the eye on Ronnie. I literally would have fired Ronda right there, oh, or if I would have fined her. It's like you don't call out our promotion and saying it's fake. Yeah. You don't say that, like. Don't be one of those ca- – don't be like a bagsy and be a casual fan like that. But, like, again, going back to the Shield thing as well, I feel like if this is all to have a Shield moment when Seth wins the title at the end of the night, I'm all for it. But I would rather see Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns of Mania because I hear that that's kind of – that's been in the works. Yeah. But they didn't go in for it yet. I don't know if they're doing a six or a, a tag team yeah, match at Mania. They they're going to do them versus Baron, uh, Baron and Lashley. And Braun Strowman versus Baron, Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. So that's – is that confirmed? I think that's going to happen. That's unfortunate. Oh, damn it. So why is Braun then not in this match? Because I heard they wanted to do an eight-man tag for Fastlane. I think Braun's going to get involved because they beat him down and then he like comes back. It's, like, it's all copy and paste. They're going <laughs> to find a way for him. Like last year, it was like, they had it where Bobby Lashley was rumored to be his tag team partner. Big Show was rumored. Batista was rumored. He gets a kid from the crowd to be his tag team partner. And the next night, Bobby Lashley's his partner for the exact same match. So I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Braun Strowman, I don't know. He shouldn't be in tag matches. By now, he should have been in a main spot, but... If, if Braun Strowman's not a part of that tag team match, who do, would you have him face at WrestleMania? Because he still is a hot yeah. commodity. Lars Sullivan, if he was on the main roster. Like, if he debuted, I would have had that. But now, like, who's he going to... No one on Raw, to me, like, that we haven't seen before would interest me for Braun Strowman. Not even a Bray Wyatt? Yeah, but he hasn't been there either. So, like... He hasn't been in WWE for, what, a year now? That would make sense to have him, but... It was like a Wyatt family member, and then those two go at it. The storyline's there, but we haven't seen him. We haven't seen Luke Harper. So I, I can't weird. see Bray Wyatt, though, like being a threat to Strowman, yeah. though. And he didn't wrestle last year. I think last year he helped Matt Hardy win. Like, he just came out and... Yeah. So that's two WrestleManias that he hasn't wrestled. And the year before... He didn't wrestle. Yeah. Holy... And the year before that, it was a thing with The Rock, where he had that... Uh, 
promo. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Terrible. Guy. Terrible. But um, I want to now talk about Tuesday night. I want to talk about Samoa Joe winning the U- the I was gonna say Universal title, the the United States Championship from r Truth. So you said last week that we were gonna see r Truth versus John Cena <laughs> at WrestleMania. Oh, we all had a good laugh. Guys, go back and watch that. It was pretty funny. Are we going to get Samoa Joe versus his good friend, John Cena, at WrestleMania? Is it confirmed? I think it is. Yeah? I think because now, like, everyone's saying – there have been um, – even in their promos, like, our truth was mentioning Cena a lot. And then Samoa Joe comes in. I was unexpected. I liked the surprise that they had him in the match. Again, Rey Mysterio and uh, Andrade, they tore it down. And another stupid thing with WWE, they're putting them at Fastlane, but in the pre-show. Are they out of their mind? Like, <laughs> oh my god, these guys should be wrestling at Mania. I hope it leads to a match at Mania, which I think was, uh, it's been rumored a lot. Maybe that would be the best opening match to Mania, I think. That would rival all the other matches that have opened the show before. I think that's basically set in stone that it, we're going to get Andrade versus Rey at Mania. I, I hope it's not on the kickoff, though. Yeah, because now they're having a kickoff at Fastlane, which is stupid. And uh, Samoa Joe beats uh, everyone in the match. R-Truth loses the title. He got a Hurricane Rondo from Zelina Vega. And we're going to see Samoa Joe finally. After that promo, he looked emotional. It was good. He like, fired up. That's what we need from Samoa Joe. Bring that U.S. title back to the relevance. Uh, exactly. And I think that if he faces John Cena in a marquee match of Mania and you have Samoa Joe retain, that's perfect good. for the U.S. title. And I love Shinsuke Nakamura. We talked about his U.S. title run. We love Rusev. His U.S. title run was bad. The last good U.S. title run, honestly, was probably John Cena. And I hate to say it because that was that was four years ago. When Kevin Owens had it, he had it for a very short period of time. You know, he called himself, you know, um, what do you call himself? Mr. America or the face of America, something like that. But now having Samoa Joe, the United States champion, you finally have that mid-card champion. And both of the champions on SmackDown are arguably the two most hated heels on the roster in Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan. So to me, SmackDown right now is the most must-watch show. Yeah, You have those two as the champions, perfect. Because I said for the Elimination Chamber, we both would love to see a a Samoa Joe WWE title run. So now he's not going to get that, at least not right now. The U.S. title run, he finally wins that first belt in WWE. Now let's see what he does with it. If he faces Cena at WrestleMania, I think that's the perfect start to this U.S. title run. And for the next, for the Tuesday, that's how you can bring up a call up from NXT. You can have him do an open challenge, and maybe uh, if John, I don't know if, if John Cena wins, though, because he lost last year to Undertaker in a quick match. So if they give it to Cena, I don't know where they would go. It would be a short reign because he's not a full time guy. That's why I don't think it would be worth it for book like for Samoa Joe's sake yeah. for him to lose at Mania, even if it is like a John Cena, because we saw. When Cena beat AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble, remember? Yeah. And then they tore the house down. Him. He lost at the next pay-per-view. So I feel like I, – I think I mentioned this last week. If John Cena comes back and wins the U.S. title, it's not going to be for longer than two months, his yeah. reign. So is it really worth it for the belt and its legacy? No, it's not because we want to see the U.S. title relevant again. And with Samoa Joe as champion – I think it's what's best for the title, and I think that's what's best for SmackDown. So, giving it to John Cena just because of his name and because of his, you know, you know, uh, him being an actor and selling the seats, I don't think it's good for the business anymore. Yeah. Maybe in 2015, yeah, sure, but now, Samoa Joe I think is bigger than John Cena. That's just my opinion. So, 
Now we're going to move into um, fast lane. I quickly want to discuss. I'm not going to go on the whole card because we're already we've been almost an hour now. Um, what matches are you looking forward to most, and which matches do you think will tear the house down? I'm going to go with Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan. I think they're going to have a really good match, and I think this leads to Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, and that's where Kofi's going to finally have his moment. I hope, like, with Kevin Owens, it's going to be interesting because Eric Rowan's going to be at ringside. I think they're going to try and tease something between the two of them. We haven't seen Sami Zayn in a long time. He's cleared to compete, so... There's a lot of things they can do with Kevin Owens. Even Sami Zayn, if he comes up and attacks Kevin Owens, we can get them to finally get their WrestleMania moment. Oh. That would be amazing. Or, um, yeah, Eric Rowan, and that would lead to Eric Rowan and maybe Luke Harper coming back, and them two facing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at Mania. So there's some possibilities with them. Shit. Um, I mean, I don't want to see Rowan and Harper face Owens and Zayn. I'd rather see Owens versus Zayn. I heard that. I heard that Zayn was going to come and cost Owens the belt. That's why they uh, they inserted Owens just to have Sami Zayn have a storyline coming back from injury. But again, what does it do for Kevin Owens? Yeah. Like you you switch him out with Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston was the hottest act. He still is the hottest act. Um, and to me, this match feels wasted. Like you have Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan. I said in the last pod, this would be a perfect WrestleMania match. And you're having it at a forgettable pay-per-view and basically, to me, a useless pay-per-view in Fastlane. And Kevin Owens, we all know, is probably not winning this. But again, if Kevin Owens wins this, it doesn't hurt to have a triple threat at Mania where Kofi beats Kevin Owens for it. So there are a lot of options on SmackDown. But again, I agree. I think that Brian's going to retain through some screwy fashion protect kevin owens and you protect kevin owens and then again i'll see i'll say kofi kingston gets his he'll get his moment at wrestlemania kofi mania it's gonna happen but to me i'm looking forward to the shield the reunion we haven't seen roman reigns in four months i want i'm happy to see him back in a ring baron corbin lashley and drew are all big names don't don't kid yourself baron corbin has been doing a lot of good stuff lately um i think those three need to win actually i think if I were to book this, I would have Dean Ambrose turn on the shield again, and I would have Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania. That'd That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think I think if Dean Ambrose is officially done with WWE, I would have him face Roman at WrestleMania in a big like a big marquee matchup. But if we're going to get the tag team match at WrestleMania, I guess that's fine too. But I also heard rumors that Dean Ambrose might not be done with WWE, so... I feel like with this whole Shield reunion, it's like a wait-and-see type thing. I feel like Vince is kind of playing with the crowd. He's seeing what the reaction is. Because, again, Dean Ambrose just turned heel before. He was feuding with Rollins, and now he just jumps right back into, you know, the Shield reunion. And I don't know if I like it. Like, a lot of people are saying, oh, like, I love it. Like, every time you see the Shield, it's good. But this is, what, their third reunion already? Like, I feel like they do it too often. And yes, you know, the reunion would have been better if Roman did not, you know, get cancer and all that. But Dean just turned heel and just feuded with Rollins. And it makes no sense for him to finally be like, oh, yeah, I just feuded with you and now I'm going to be on your team. Yeah, it's like, buds. like uh, to me, it makes no sense. But for me here, I think Drew McIntyre needs to take the pin. Yeah. Like, I feel, oh, I feel like, I mean, not take the pin, like pin. I like, was thinking like Corbin. Because, like, out of uh, McIntyre and Lashley, like, 
Corbin, I think, just gets stuck in the mix. So he just cuts the promo to get everyone to hate him. How I would book this is I would either have Dean walk out and have Roman lose to Drew. I'd have Drew pin Roman Reigns. You can't have Rollins take a pin here because no, he's facing yeah. he's facing Lesnar. You can't have him take a pin. So it's either you build up the Ro- the Roman Reigns and the Dean Ambrose feud, and you have Dean walk out, or you have Dean take the pin fall from Drew, as we've seen many times on Raw. And then you could kind of be like you could have Dean be like, "Oh, you guys didn't have my back there. You know, I took the pin fall for the Shield. You guys were blaming me for the loss. Screw you guys. I'll." Like maybe the next night on Raw, he'll turn on Roman, and we'll see a Roman and Dean. Do you really see a Roman and Dean thing happening? Uh, I see, I it like see that, it happening. Yeah. If I, they do it like that, I can see it. But have you heard anything with Barn Burner? Nothing. Not, I heard that six man tag. Oh. That's why I'd rather see a one on one. But you have to get the, then uh, Baron Corbin. What does he do? And then what does Lashley and Drew McIntyre? You can't put them in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That'd no. be a step down. No, you can't. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, I guess, before we end it is this pay-per-view is in Cleveland. And we're seeing Shane McMahon and The Miz take on The Usos. <laughs> and I would, I swear to God, I would not be surprised if they have The Miz and Shane win back the tag titles for like a cheap pop. And then the next Tuesday, they lose and they turn on each other. That's all I'm saying. I would not be surprised if that happens. Or if they win and Shane beats them up and then they vacate the title because he's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> or they do something like... And then like, the Usos win it again yeah, for like the 10th time. Yeah, and then like, they do something like that. But again, I would not be surprised because it is in Cleveland. Don't be surprised yeah. if the Mrs. Dad is in attendance. Oh, my God. And so, they're going to hug him at ringside. And oh. then Shane, oh, punches fucking the Mrs. Dad in the face. there too. <laughs> I would die. Vince McMahon sitting beside him. They all celebrate together. Shane beats him up. You just see Vince McMahon's reaction just looking at him. like <laughs> That would be must-see TV. Imagine the Miz's dad slapping Vince. Like, you son of a bitch. And he oh fucking beats the shit out die. of Miz's dad. Yeah, that would see that would be something that I'd love. I'd love to see the Miz win back the titles. Fans go nuts. Shane looks at him he's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, then he man. just slow blows. <laughs> or you have Vince and Shane, like Vince and Shane's corner of Mania, and you have the Miz's dad and Miz's corner, and then the Miz's dad helps Shane win at WrestleMania. I would do that. Oh, like, see, we should be on creative, man. That's so funny. <laughs> but uh, I hear though that the rumor is at Mania they're going to see the Usos take on the Hardys in a ladder match. That's what I heard. The ideal plan is. For WrestleMania. Jeff Hardy's poor body. You want him in another In a ladder, ladder match. Oh, my God. Hey, Jeff, go uh, jump off that ladder into a table. Okay. Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, WrestleMania is shaping up to be a fairly entertaining one. But, again, where the hell is Finn Balor? Yeah. I think Rico- that one, Ricochet and him would be good. Or Aleister Black if they do something. Like, turn Finn Balor heel. But, like, yeah, like, I feel like he literally has no opponent. Like nobody. And another missed EC3, opportunity. Like, yeah. uh, like that's a missed opportunity. You have the bar on SmackDown with AJ and they haven't done anything with them. If they had the bar with AJ and then reformed it, it oh. would have been big. But I think the bar should have been on Raw with Finn and they could have had them as a heel faction again and do something. But I don't see where Finn Balor's going. Yeah, I don't I have no idea, man. I mean if if we're gonna see Finn Balor versus like EC three at Mania, I don't want that. If we're gonna see Finn Balor versus Ricochet, that's something I want to see. If even if it's like Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre, we've seen it before on Raw, but we know that they would deliver on at WrestleMania. They would deliver an unreal match. So I don't know, man. It's it's tough right now where everything's leading, especially with Ciampa now out with the injury. Like 
I even would have maybe thought maybe two months ago that we would have seen Adam Cole on yeah. a WrestleMania card, but he's not going to be there. So again, or Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. Oh man, that would be another. Oh good one. wow, I didn't even think of Gargano at all. I thought he was just... now with uh, Champa. Oh, he's a wild card because he was supposed to face Champa at the NXT before Mania for the title. Yeah, oh, so that's another man. weird thing. There would have been wrestling back to back and two different storylines. Do you maybe. think he? Do you think they would give him the NXT title? I don't think now because they called him up. They called him up, right? And he's going to probably, I think, Raw. Now I, you know what Raw. I could see? I could see him trying to defend it, like, in favor of, like, I could see, like, a, so, like, he's going to vacate it. They're probably going to have, like, a, you know, like, a match. It's going to be, like, Adam Cole versus, or maybe they'll do a Battle Royal and then they'll announce. Yeah. But I could see, I don't know what, I don't know why, I could see Gargano coming out and being like, oh, I'm, I'm inserted in the match because I was part of DIY and I was Trampa's partner and I saw him go all the way to the top. We went to the top together, so I should be a part of the match. And then that's where you could have an Adam Cole versus a Johnny Gargano for the NXT championship. And you see Gargano fall flat, lose, and then he finally gets called up. And then Adam Cole is the NXT champ. So I don't know. I I have no idea what they're going to do, but I do want to see Adam Cole as the champ again. Who would he face? Because there's not a lot of top faces other than Matt Riddle, Velveteen. I don't even know if he's a face anymore, but it's looking kind of thin on NXT. They're going to have to sign some more indie guys off the <laughs> anywhere, any independent Really, Well, the Ospreys had to go there. I think all elite. A- have, AW. They have uh, a lot of uh, tabs on him. AW is looking like a promotion, man. Looks they fun. even got Pentagon, too, the Lucha Brothers. They're looking great. The Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. That's going to be such a good match. I like it. Holy That's be a really shit. Good one. Who's, so what's the main event right now? It's Omega versus Jericho is the main yeah. event. And then, uh, that's what I thought. It was going to be for their inaugural world title, but they haven't really said anything yet for that. I thought that would be the uh, uh, Hangman versus Pac. I think that's for yeah. the title. But I think now that they have um, Jericho come in and all those promos, I don't think they'll main event with Hangman and Neville. Or Pac, sorry. But yeah, like... I like their card. You have uh, Pac and Hangman Page. You have Omega and Jericho for rematch. I think Britt Baker's going to be a star there. Yeah. She's going to be she's like not. unreal. She's she's Adam Cole's fucking yeah. girlfriend too, which is kind of awkward, but whatever. Impact Wrestling, if they partner up with them. Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, Tessa Cole. Blanchard, Madison Rain. Uh, they got a lot of guys. They screwed there. up WWE. They had her by yeah. the thread. They, well, why did you not sign her? Are you stupid? She's, what, like 23, 24? Yeah. She's one of the best in the game. Like, just picture a Tessa Blanchard versus Char- Charlotte Flair. That would be feel. really good. And they have, like, the whole thing with or the four Becky horsemen. Li- like, they could have their dads get involved and Ric Flair, like, coming out and bashing him, saying he was the weakest part of the four horsemen. One more thing I want to say before we go. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Any other names you could see leaving WWE? Because mm. I heard Rusev said he's done. Yeah, Rusev, I can see Shinsuke. They haven't done, if they actually promoted Shinsuke when he was a champ, they could have had that U.S. title run be so memorable. Him, I think he's gone. Rusev's gone. I think Lana's gone. I think that's a tough one. Dolph, maybe I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Dolph, I think's gone. Uh, Zach Ryder, Mike Canales. Yeah, he's gone. His wife's gone. <laughs> Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, they're probably gone. I want to see Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder as a legitimate tag yeah. team again. They're going to have to go to AEW for that. Yeah. Uh, WWE, they had the opportunity here, the major brothers. Like, they put them back together. They did nothing with them. They're jobbing out, losing all the time. Who would you have Cody Rhodes face? Uh, 
That's a good. I don't have a face cold dust. I, I, that's what I heard. I heard that's like the plan for it. But. Or like, imagine he faces like someone else like we've never heard of Goldberg. Like, oh yeah, imagine <laughs> that'd be awful. Would, I think you pegs would hate that. Yeah, he'd purposely drop out, like make it a one minute match. Yeah, he'd have Cody Goldberg would be beat the like, shit out of him. Oh my god, Cody would probably say, "Oh, you know what? That was a bad idea." I don't want to face Goldberg anymore and play it up as like him being too busy being the executive. I wanted to see Cody Rhodes versus Omega main event. I don't know why, but like Jericho and Omega, I think we yeah, saw that before. Like, I would have actually like Hangman Page and Pac. They should have had Hangman Page versus Jericho and have Pac versus Kenny Omega because there's a two Oh my god! And then Pac the versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> the next pay per view, you could have had like Alpha versus picture, Omega. Picture this: too. picture a fatal four way for the. For the title. Yeah, world title. You have Pac, Cody Rhodes, Jericho, and Omega in one match That'd for be awesome. a belt. Who would That's you have win that? I'd probably rematches. have Pac win that. Yeah. Probably him or Kenny Omega. but Kenny Omega, though, I think will probably be the first champ. He has to. Because the cleaner, a lot so good, man. Yeah, that guy's the best. I think he would for sure. He's also the president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he Cody. comes out in a suit. He's like... Yeah. Cody's wife is a COO or CBO. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So They're making their own names there. <laughs> oh, I man. love it though. But anyways, guys, that's it for this week. We talked about the Leafs, the Lakers, WWE, Samoa Joe, AEW a bit. That's it for this week, guys. Make sure to tune in on SoundCloud, <laughs> Facebook, Spotify, Spotify all those, all those places. And next week with Piniella, we'll get his. Uh, Thoughts on this whole thing of uh, hopefully this pay per view is memorable and it will be good. That that's it, guys. Make sure to watch it this Sunday, and make sure to tune in every episode because we are pretty fun to listen yeah, to. We are. Oh, and real quick, WrestleMania 36 in Tampa Bay next year. We'll get Pinello next week to tell us about. We what will he also talk about the logo because I did love yeah. that. 